This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's Valero Texas Open Plus Masters Preview. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, hello to you. Hello, boys. Uh, looking forward to this one. A uh, lot of looking forward, I have a feeling, in, in today's show. But uh, nice week at the Valero. What a week, by the way. Um, it, it really, really impressive stuff. But I, I can't wait to discuss i feel right kyle said it already a couple five minutes ago and it was perfectly said it's master's week yeah admittedly we will probably run through texas open stuff pretty quickly i don't think we're gonna get much pushback on that are we kyle porter who also no let's just let's go to my best bets or let's go to all my bets (laughs) and then that's our recap of of san antonio and then we're on to cincinnati i mean we're on to augusta national Here's uh click Paul's comment in the chat just says Corey Connors won. Okay. On to the masters, which is <laughs> this. It is, it is a shame that the second this putt drops, everyone's like, all right, it's been a well, lot of fun. You guys see it. See you next week. Okay. So some of that is just, is just it. it okay. So it's it, Corey Connors is a bad winner for this kind of thing because he's not speed to where you're like, Oh my gosh, what does this mean? Right. Even though I think Corey Connors can can and has played well at the Masters, but he's also not Sam Stevens, to where it's like, oh, he gets in the Masters. He's like this weird sort of like purgatorial winner, to where it doesn't. He was already in the Masters, but he's also probably not going to win the Masters. He was so one of the not- favorites. He was a he's a past champion. It's like yeah. literally not even. It's like the least interesting victory, Greg. I actually thought Corey Connors didn't have the upside to win golf tournaments anymore. Apparently, he has enough upside to win at TPC San Antonio because that's exactly what he did. And he did it the way that he always plays. Right. This was the easiest. The the easiest win, I think, maybe other than Scotty Scheffler at the players, the, the easiest win that I've seen all year. He crewed, yeah. right? He, he did everything exactly the way you would expect Corey Connors to. I mean, he made two significant putts, right? There were two putts outside of 15 feet he made that were really nice. Uh, but other than that, it was pretty simple, Pretty uh, hitting it in the middle of the fairway a lot, hitting it on the green a lot. Even when he drove it into, you know, quote unquote trouble, he just hit flush shots. They were they were just flush. It felt like 
on the broadcast, they were commenting on the sound every time he struck it, whether it was in a divot, whether it was in the rough, whether it was a tough lie or an easy lie. Uh, and the ball just ends up on the green. So it, he just made it look so easy, which is kind of the exact reason why we like to go with ball strikers here in general um, in our preview stuff. We're hoping for this kind of performance. Usually there's some other magic that has to get mixed in in order for somebody to win, but Corey Connors didn't need it. His strength carried him all the way to the finish line this week. Bogey-free 68 KP, clean card, gets his second. We were we were talking about this the other night, guys, who had their first two wins at the same event that are not back-to-back years. Greg rattled off like five that were back-to-back years. I did see one other guy who had done it in not back-to-back years. Did you guys see Not back So Cagely is back-to-back. Matt Every's back-to-back. Yep, yep. Um, there's, I guess, apparently three others that Greg I don't think off. got five. Justin Thomas, CIMB. Yeah, that's – yeah. Greg got that's that right. one like immediately when I said that's, it last night. That's a, that's a, that's a deep cut, man. That's sick. <laughs> uh, save that for the trivia show. Somebody who won both – like won the same event but not in consecutive years. So their first two PGA Tour events were the same event but not in consecutive years. So Daniel Berger did it back-to-back at TPC Southwind. Uh, uh, that's a good but- one. But th- th- I saw at least one other example. I don't, even if you, even if you, I doubt you guys get it. Huh? I doubt you guys get it. I was gonna say, even if you gave me the tournament, I'm trying to just like run through tournaments in my head, and even, even, even with okay. that. All right, I'll tell you. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you the tournament, and I'll tell you that this is this guy's only two PGA Tour wins. And okay. The tournament is now called the RSM Classic. Oh. That that's uh <laughs> But it wasn't called the RSM Classic for one of his. It was probably the was it the Magladries or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> who 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 like kills there, Craig? I'm trying to think of the Sea Island Mafia guys. It's not, I, I, it's not a Sea Island Mafia guy. Charles Howe, Adam Svensson won it. Okay. Uh, he went to Kansas State. He's from oh, Oklahoma. Uh, 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 oh Robert Streb. Robert Streb. Wow. Bob Streb. Yeah. Bobby Streb, <laughs> the 2014 and 2020 RSM Classic slash McGladry Classic winner is only two PGA Tour victories. Honestly, like wow. you could have, you could have said, "This is no offense to Robert Shreve; he's a good player." You could have said, "Does Robert Shreve have any PGA Tour wins?" And I would have not known the answer. <laughs> he has two. Now right, there know. you go. Um, it is interesting. So I'll try to get us back on track here a little bit. Corey Connors and <laughs> Greg uh, Kyle alluded to this that he's had some strong play at the Masters. I'll tell you what; he has played. 16 majors. He has three top 10 finishes. They are the last three years at the Masters. That is it. He doesn't have a top 10 in any other major. No. Um, and the other thing is they've gotten consistently better. 
right? T10, T8, T6. Nice. I think they were all T's. So that that's kind of a cool trend. Um, so T4 this year. T4 that, yeah, I guess mark him down for a T4 this year. It just has to be. His game suits the plays really nicely. Um, you you have a lot of opportunities to make birdies without having to hole, you know, significant putts if you can uh, drive it really well and give hit hit long irons on the green, and that's what Corey Connors does. So it makes sense in a way. Uh, the big question for me with him heading into next week is, will he be able to? Um, but you know what? Before the before I even say that, uh, he struggles on the greens, but he doesn't three putt a lot. And that kind of reminds me of the four putts, but not three putts. He four putted this week, but he doesn't really three putt a lot. I think he was 24th heading into this week in three putt avoidance, but he's like 182nd in strokes game putting. So he doesn't really make a whole lot of putts, but he, he has a tendency of hitting his putts softly too softly. And I think that's a recipe for success on these greens. Reminds me of somebody like a, like a bubble Watson, where you got to play a ton of break. You can't play too much break on, on so many of these putts. And if you hit enough greens of regulation, all of a sudden the game can get simplified. Um, Hold on, Greg. Explain that. Tell me like I'm five, but explain the, um, like explain the break thing. Why is like, what's, what are you, what are you getting out there? So when there's a lot of speed in, in greens, Mm-hmm. There, there's the the number of options you have to make the putt increase dramatically. You okay. see a lot more putts at Augusta National go in at you know three o'clock or nine o'clock. They go in the side door, but they because have to of, be because of speed. Because of speed, so, so the ball trickles a little bit more. Yeah. So Scotty Scheffler, there's a great quote about Scotty Scheffler. I'll see if I can find it about friction. Greg. And when, uh, when greens are fast and there's not a lot of friction, balls can go in a lot of different directions. And there, yeah, there's, it, there's a lot more outcomes when, when there's no friction. Right. But Whereas, say, the thing about, say the thing about Connors and Bubba again. So Connors and Bubba are, are really defensive putters. So they hit putts that, you know, if there's like a knock on them on, on the greens, they don't hit putts that charge past the hole. They mm-hmm. hit putts that wander up to the hole. Give an example of a of a an aggressive putter. Ricky Fowler usually Ricky runs Fowler it four feet by. Def, definitely has been in his career. Right. Um, Different uh, types Tom, of putters. Tom Watson yeah. was always very aggressive. He char and he had you can have success at Augusta that way. Phil Mickelson, you see yeah. him miss three or four footers that are ramming past the hole. <laughs> That's so, the, it, it's hilarious when they miss, but it actually is like what you're saying, I think emblematic of like somebody who's makes a lot of putts, right? Like that's how they make them. Yes. And, and on, on most golf courses, when greens are a little slower, there's less break inherently. So you go out to your local municipal golf course and you're not going to see a ball. A ball can't go into the hole at three o'clock or nine o'clock. And if it does, it's going to go straight to the edge, stop on the edge and fall in. It's not swinging in like a, you know, it almost, some of these putts look like a three point arc, right? They have so much curl to them. They don't have to, if you hit it firmer, then you can take some break out. But when you put with, when you put defensive on greens, like Augusta national, you can play it as high as you want and you can be really soft. Uh, it's not necessarily going to, um, you know, come up short. 
there's just so much speed there. These downhill putts, you almost can't leave short. And so the game, the name of the game is avoiding the three putts being really defensive. And at the end of the week, because there have been historically par fives that are all reachable in two, um, you, you can give yourself a lot of birdies without really holding a lot of putts. That, that, that potential is there. Real quick on this, Rick. Um, I think I've got it here. Oh, I had it. Where is it? But while you look for that, this is one of the most like legitimately good golf conversations we've ever had on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's like that's like gold content, by the way. It is. So I'm going to add to it. I'm proud of of remembering of pulling this. But uh, there's a question JT got last year. This was at the Masters. It says, "Why do you think Jordan putts so well out here?" Uh, uh, Spieth, aggressive putter. Would you say, Greg? Um. I, th- I no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say so. Occasionally, but I think Jordan likes to see a lot of a lot of break. Before I before I give you this quote, would you say he leans more aggressive or more defensive? Uh, probably slightly more aggressive. Okay, so slightly more aggressive. So yeah, JT, uh, this is on speed. He says he's got the best speed of putter I think I've ever seen. You look at all his putts, especially all of his mid-range putts, every single one of them goes in with the exact same speed. They don't hit the back of the hole. They're probably going to go anywhere from 6 to 12 inches past the hole. I don't think people realize how hard that is and how good that is to consistently do that every single time. I feel like you very rarely see him hit a putt that's going to go four, five, six feet past, and it hits the back of the hole and pops up and goes in. That happens to often to other people. But he has such uh, he just has such a creative and great feel, great hands and feel that he can uh, that he can kind of deliver what he wants with his putts and the hole gets in the way pretty often. Yeah, it's wonderfully said, and it's a great pull because it really does explain what we're talking about here. Right. Having this is this is the other factor when green speeds get really high, Um, the difference in your putter speed. Right, the way you control your putter and what the ball does and what line is required, that difference is so minute. It's it's minuscule. And so you can hit if you're playing one of those really high lines and you're playing it for it to break six feet and you hit it, you know, six inches too hard, you you'll miss the hole by three feet on the high side. You can embarrass yourself really quickly. And so I believe that the defensive putters. It's not the only way, but I think there's an advantage for defensive putters who are not hitting. They're very rarely hitting it through the break. And if it gets to the hole, it has a chance to go in. And and when they miss, it tends to be short. And, and those guys have a very good chance of avoiding three putts. Now, you have you have to match up that up to ball striking. And I think that's what Corey Connors does really well. Well, and so much of putting. Sorry, real quick, Rick. So much of putting at Augusta national is dependent on ball striking. That's why it's a brilliant course, right? You think about, think about 16. If you hang it out to the, like on the top shelf on Sunday, you're probably going to three putt just whether you're the best putter of all time or not. Like it's just, you you can't, you can't control the speed if you're putting straight downhill, you know? And so that's a fact. I think, I think that when we talk about putting, it's like, the putting stats are the putting stats. And I think over a long period of time, they kind of even out, but so much of that is, is especially at Augusta more than maybe anywhere else is dependent on where you leave your, your approach shot. Corey Connors. We love you. 
we're happy for you. I'm sure even you are fast forwarding through this portion <laughs> of the show. Here's what we're going to do. Corey Connors finished at 15 under par. We're each going to pick one other name to talk about for like 30 seconds, and then we're going to move on. So, Greg, Sam Stevens, one shot back. Sam Ryder, Matt Kuchar, two shots back. Patrick Rogers entered the day uh, with the lead, one over 73. He still eludes victory on the PGA Tour. He finished four shots back. Ches Reeve made a run. Lee Hodges, Benny on. Take a name and tell me what you think. Uh, I'll go Patrick Rogers because okay. he played such wonderful golf through the week. Today was a tough day. Um, and for Patrick Rogers, he just could not seem to control his distance. Uh, every shot was seemingly long or short. Um, and, and you expect to miss shots left and right all the time. But when, when you can get your distance right coming into these greens, all of a sudden, I mean, it's much like controlling your speed on the green. So you get your distance right with your ball striking, with your iron play, and you hit one online and it work, it works out. Um, and for Patrick Rogers today, he couldn't get the distances right. And, and I think that speaks a little bit to nerves, it speaks some to conditions for sure and club selections. But um, the, the comparison of his ball striking today to Corey Connors was night and day um, and, and ultimately the difference. So I, I felt for Patrick Rogers, I, uh, I thought he fought really hard, um, but just uh, things started moving really quickly for him on the front nine, which was, was too bad. But I, I really hope this guy... Um, can get it done. I, I feel like he belongs in a Masters one day, especially with his amateur record. Well, I was—I'd actually like to just stay here, Rick, because this is who I wanted to talk about. Also, uh, Dan Rappaport brought this up on on Twitter, and I agree with it. It's—it's—he's had a—he's had an irreconcilable, irreconcilable pro or amateur pro sort of career because he was what did he win like nine times in college, Craig? Eleven. 11. 11. Yeah. And he, and Tiger. And Maverick McNeely. Yes. And it, of course. And it just, it, I don't, I don't like, you can't win 11 times and not like something had to have like broken along the way. Right. Like you, you can't win that much and then just get out on the tour and not be able to win. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, and maybe, maybe you can, maybe that's like the Norman Jong thing, but that seems more like, mental than physical i i don't know i would just i would i would read a deep dive on patrick rogers i was trying to find the maybe list. should do a deep dive on patrick rogers yeah i was gonna say you're uniquely qualified to do that <laughs> i was trying to find the all-time men's ncaa wins list but i was uh pretty unsuccessful in finding it so kp he's the the one thing if I look at his um, his numbers, and and I did earlier this week on Friday, because of what he did with his approach play, um, and you know in in the fantasy community he draws some attention on various weeks, but his strengths would be his driving and his putting, yeah, um, and his iron play has has really lacked, which I think is the and I think we all likely agree to at least to some extent it's the most important aspect of winning. Uh, and and he's never ranked inside the top 94 in strokes gain approach. Now this week he gained seven strokes in his first two rounds, so he just caught fire. But it it, it doesn't seem to be consistent. And I'm not sure if that is an easier thing to have in college, or if it's a less important thing to have in college. Could he have won in college with 
his length? Could he have won in college with his putter? Um, it just, it seems like on the PGA tour, you have to be a little more complete and, and that would be the area I'd circle for him. Going into his pro career, uh, this was his last uh, nine events in college. T8, T7, win, 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 second, win, win, T15. Turns pro. Could it be, could it be confidence? Right? You go, you're, you're in college, you're running away with it, finishing like that. You get out on tour. And, it, and and you you feel like you're playing the same way, but it's T34 instead of T7. Yeah, I I think that that has to has to mess with you. Um, he needs to go see Sam Burns. That was Burns's deal, right? It was driver putter. Yeah. And then he 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 like fit, he he got he became a good iron player. He was like a top twenty approach player one year. Yeah. Burns or Sam Roger? Burns, Burns was. Yeah. Yeah. He got good. All right. I'm going to stop us there. We are going to recap our bets and one and done, and then we're going to do the thing. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Show me the bets board, please, Josh. Because maybe for the first time ever, we we had a clean sweep in the matchup category. Win, 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 win. Ryder over Griffin, Wallace over Riley, Fowler over Siwoo, Chris Kirk over Taylor Montgomery. Greg, we are padding our accounts before Masters Week. I love to see it. You just you, a, a whole column being green. We we know that it can't be green going across the board. Uh, you, you can't sweep at all, right? Kyle did everything he could this week. That's, That's perfect, right? Kyle that had a perfect, perfect week. Yes. Um, so this is really nice hitting all those matchups. They, it, it's the highest likelihood that you're going to hit, but it's it's hard to do, um, especially going four for four. It's not an easy task. Well, three for four is about as good as you can do. And KP, you did just that. Fowler over Siwoo. Connor's top twenty. Connor's to win. You are piling it up, my friend. Yeah, this was great, but me, an idiot, uh, did all this and then didn't pick Corey Connors in the one and done. Yeah, I know. <laughs> At least nobody else did. And I, and it was it it was a uh, it was a it was a Sungjae thing from Honda, where I stared at it and I was like, oh, everybody's gonna take Connors. I, I I don't I shouldn't do that here. I'm gonna try to get cute and take Ryan Fox, and I I don't. It was just I don't know. I guess you should just take who you want to take. Take who you want to take. It's sound advice. I had Thomas Dietrich top 20, which if you just remove the 83 that he shot on Saturday and the 73 sure. that he shot on Sunday, this was a perfect bet. 83 is tough. 
83. He's trending though. From? He's Eight, trending. 83. Uh out in 42. He made three. <laughs> he made three triples. Been there. Uh does he does he have any opportunity to make the Ryder Cup team, right? Um I mean, actually, yeah, probably. I don't know where he where he currently stands, but you know, you know who's like currently on the Ryder Cup team is uh, Jeremy Paul or Yannick Paul. I always confuse the two, but I think if Ooh. he Yannick Paul or Jeremy Paul from Jeremy, they're, they're the twins. Am I? Am I? I I'm up. I'm pulling up these stand-ins here. I'll pull it up. It's Yannick. Twins were the. Or the Hogard twins. There's another set. There's of another set. Yeah. I can't keep up. Yannick and yeah, Yannick's in fourth right now. It's Rory in European points. It's Rory, Rom, Victor Perez, Yannick, Paul. So my my take was if Yannick Paul can be fourth in points, then Thomas Dietrich can be fourth in points. How do you spell Yannick? Y a n n i c. I k. Sorry, I k. Huh. Dietrich's 68th, by the way, so maybe I'm very wrong. He He's 12th on the world points, though. Oh. Because he's been playing on the PGA Tour. Right. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yes, yes. I I, I believe, despite that 83, I believe. Yeah, yeah I mean... He needs, like, a win or something along the way. PGA yeah. Tour. Yeah. The, the bottom of the European Ryder Cup... I can't believe we're talking Ryder Cup. I mean, I can because I'm wearing the hat, but... Uh, the bottom of the European Ryder Cup team, I think, is super interesting because the top eight is going to be like, you know, very chalk, like solid, really good. And then the bottom, depending on how the live stuff goes, you're like, I don't know. Like, it could be Adrian Moronk. It could be Thomas Dietrich. It could be could be a lot of guys. I think that's going to be really – it could be the Hogards. It's going to be really interesting. Patrick, who will not be joining us tonight is the only winner of the best bets. He had Matt Wallace over Davis Riley. My Nick Taylor top Canadian did not win because um, Corey Connors won the golf tournament. Nikolai Hoygaard, where did he finish? Oh, he finished cold. one shot out of the top 20. Oh, boy. Yeah. He got special temporary status, by the way. It's great. I mean, I don't need him cutting his teeth anymore on the PGA Tour and then beating Tony Finau 6-5 and five in Rome, but good for him. <laughs> I think Ryan Gerard might have too. Didn't he need a T50? He did. Better? Yeah. Okay. So it's T56. So Gerard and Hoygaard with uh, special temporary membership status. And for those who are uninitiated, it now means that they can earn as many or they can accept as many sponsors' invites as they want for the rest of the year. But the only way that they can qualify for the playoffs is become a member. And the only way to do that, win. The, yeah. the Zalatoris. The Zalatoris. That is correct. That's yeah. the, he's, he's the only reason I know that's the rule. One and done. Show me. We didn't do that great. Actually, I take that back. Fowler was good. Fowler shot something low on Sunday and got us 206,000, but that's the same number that Chris Kirk got. So if you had Fowler or Kirk, which was Mark, Rick, the fans, Sia, and Greg, 206,000. Uh, Kyle M had Siwoo, which got 36,000. Patrick had Siwoo, which got 36,000. And Kyle, you had Ryan Fox, you got $0. Yeah. Again, not 
should have should have just gone all in on my on my actual bets and gone Corey Connors. But now I I don't like. Where am I going to use Corey Connors? What what am I saving him for? Maybe I've already used him. I might. Masters is like the ninth best event in terms of money. Yeah, and yeah. Cor- it's a good one for Corey. Wouldn't be a bad play. Mm. No. <laughs> did you have any? Did you have any fun rooting for Corey Connors at Augusta National with all those other guys there? Could you have any fun doing that? No, no. Well, not as much, but yeah, of course it'd be fun. Don't, Especially don't, if he did don't. well, that'd be a blast. If you got Corey Connors sitting on top of the lead on Thursday and you pick, you had him and wanted done. How, how does that? Not well, that's fun. the pro. You're you're laying out your problem here. Is like he will be sitting on top of the lead on Thursday, and then on Sunday he won't be, <laughs> and you will you will have uh, both not won and not had any fun. <laughs> well, you had Thursday would have been fun. Thursday night, I mean, you'd be sleepless. It'd be like Christmas. More, what what is Corey going to do on Friday? Well, yeah, well, I can tell you. Was, was it last year that he led after Thursday and then he like five putted uh, number four on, or excuse me, number uh, six on Friday? Do you remember this? Oh. Because the pin was I, or the, the pin was up top on six. Oh, yes. And he hit it up the hill and then it came back down, but he it was like, it was not good. I think he made a, tr- I think he made a six. Is he defensive putting? I, I thought about up, that when you were short a lot when you were talking about that. <laughs> but is it? But it, defensive? Weren't you arguing that defensive putting works better at Augusta than it does other places? Yeah, just now when you. I mean, there are just a not on six with there, the, with the, with the right. on the shelf. You're putting up a mountain. <laughs> I don't think it was last year. It could might have been, been another year. Ago. It could have been. Uh, I remember a couple of tweets about it. It might have been 2021. 20, I think it was. I think it was 2021. I think it was second. Two, he didn't do it. Uh, I think it was second see. round. 20, uh, 2021. He made like I, a five. I, I think it was. Um, wow, he's made some big numbers here. It was a par three. You think it was definitely number six? It was six. It might not have been Connors. It might have been somebody else. So Connors aced six on Saturday in 2021. But then he played a stretch on Sunday where he went bogey, bogey, double bogey from five through eight. Oh, Somebody who had him in one and done was not having any fun. No, no fun. No. I'll see if I can find it. I don't know. All right. Actually, play somebody really, else. I actually don't really care anymore because we're going to do the master stuff. So, um, all right. Well, gentlemen we are uh I, i'm gonna get in trouble because the last break is too close to this break but i'm at the point where i really don't care anymore so um we're gonna take a quick break and hear a word from our partners survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of survivor 45 d Vyadaris, will be joining us every week we're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. 
Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. And we're back. Now, with the self-appointed power of Golf Czar, I'm officially going to do it. I'm going to declare it Masters Week. Masters Week is now open, and it is all we care about and focus on, except for side Ryder Cup conversations. So that's the part of it. Everyone fair? Okay. Let's start with the big cat. KP, big cat was uh, at Augusta National on Sunday night, and he did the thing that he did in 2019, didn't he? Describe to the people what he did. Yeah, he did the thing where he took a wedge and a putter and just walked around the course, which is which is the coolest, right? Like that's just – I mean, if you could – you thought the conversation that Greg was – throwing out there was insightful and it was, but to, 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 to walk that course with tiger talking about like how to put, I mean, the content you could create from that, the, the stuff you would learn from that would be just unfathomable. It would be incredible. Um, so yeah, he walked around, I think it was the first nine on Sunday evening. And, uh, you know, it's, Honestly, Rick, it's been nice that there's not been any like, oh, is Tiger going to play? Like, it's just like Tiger's going to play. He's not going to win. We can just enjoy it for what it is and, you know, just kind of move on to the tournament. Imagine the juice and the swag that you have, Greg, where if you are allowed to play Augusta National, you say, I'll just take a couple of wedges <laughs> and a putter out there and walk around nine instead of just like, looping through as many times as possible until it gets dark. That is some unbelievable restraint. Yeah. You know, it's a good, uh, it's a good thought, but he's gotten plenty of rounds in over the, over the years and very memorable rounds. I, I wonder, you know, you play sports growing up and you play them competitively and then you get into the, the men's league thing. And is it the same, right? Do you play at that level where all of a sudden you're no longer competing for, whatever you were competing for before. I want, and I wonder if tiger when he's at Augusta national kind of feels that way. Like I'm here. This is business. And I'm here to win the green jacket, you know, not to experience the golf course the way that we all think you would. So I just wonder if that's kind of going through his mind. He definitely is looking to get ready. Definitely. Um, monitoring the body and his health, uh, and the ability to walk that golf course, there's there's no question about it. And I think it's really smart because that area on and around the greens, when he got tired last year on Friday um, and, and the ball striking left him a little bit, he wasn't able to manage some of those shots that I think he would have in the past. Um, and, and he struggled with some of the long putts, uh, some of the more simple uh, chip shots, at least shots with green to work with and stuff like that. So I think it's good that he's focusing in on that touch. I think the the Tiger Sunday night before major thing has become one of my favorite things because it's it's he does it at Augusta. He did it at uh, the Open last year. He did it Saturday night and Sunday night the the week before the Open at St Andrews, and like half the town was out there watching. And it's just this like sort of, um, I don't know. It, he he's obviously preparing for the tournament, but 
if you're realistic, you you don't really think like, oh, Tiger really could like win this week. I, I don't I don't think anybody that's like seriously realistic thinks that. Uh, I'll regret saying that probably for sure. But we've already clipped it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's like this. It's it's like this in between of like preparing for the tournament, but also like just sort of soaking up everything about being i mean remember that quote he had where he was like i just liked laying in my backyard in the grass just hearing the birds chirp mm -hmm. and you're like holy crap man like that's 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 like that's pretty intense you know and and you know it's different at augusta where pe people can't walk around with him like they did at st andrews but just the idea of it i think is it's really cool even beyond like just this year's tournament where do we if we were ranking storylines where would Tiger rank? Which is crazy because the answer is almost exclusively one. But we've got well Phil slash Liv. Right, hold on. Are you are you ranking them based on like public interest or what? Something more immeasurable, like like personal interest? interest. No, like how much oxygen will be spent on them this week? Okay. Okay. So keep going, Phil Liv. Bill slash Liv, Rory for the career Grand Slam, Scotty going back to back, Tiger Woods, anything else you can come up with? Change Hole number thirteen, of course. Changes yeah. to number thirteen. Yeah. 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 So where? How? How do these rank? Cam. Cam back. Part of part of Liv, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Tiger is. It, it's really hard because, you know, he he's just such a dry like the interest around him. It's like, I could write only tiger stuff this week and our traffic would be better than if I wrote anything else. Right. Even if he finishes like T, you know, 43. So it's hard to like separate out. Um, but I think he's going to make the cut and finish T 30. So I would say, I don't know, like, yeah, like sixth or fifth. Fourth? What, what do you know. think, Greg? I mean, because the the yeah, that's crazy because it should almost be exclusively one. Yeah, I I had it um in fourth on. Uh, I actually wrote a list of my top storylines, and I had Rory as the top storyline. I think with his form coming in, what he's done this year, the performance at the match play, um, I I think these things. It's his ninth attempt at a career Grand Slam. I and, know, and, you know, and I think he's playing well enough where it's safe to assume he'll be in the conversation, which gives him the whole week of airtime on the broadcast. Um, so yeah, I think that's a pretty big one. Um, I, I think before the event, the live one will probably generate a lot of attention and talk. Uh, but I think once Thursday comes around, that will slow down dramatically. Um, you don't unless, know, unless one of them is, you know, yeah. winning, right. Then, it, then that probably vaults to number one. If DJ is leading the Masters, the conversation isn't really about DJ, right? Well, because I, I think what I think what's going to happen, and I've got, um, I'll read you my storylines here in a second. But I think what's going to happen. Rick apparently went to prepare for his Masters fantasy stuff, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to get if if live guys get in the mix that they. they there's a disconnect between what fans and uh, and we care about versus like what players care about. Dustin Johnson doesn't really care that like it's going to be a live versus the PGA Tour storyline. 
he just wants to win the Masters, right? Absolutely. And so, and so, but I do think it's you know, and we're talking about this. Rick and I were talking about this the other day. There's such a Augusta, or maybe maybe it was on Tuesday. There's Augusta is such the place for like a state of the union for like the future of golf type thing that it becomes a prism through which you see the the PGA Tour live thing maybe the most clearly that we'll see it all year or not clearly but like it'll be the most prominent that it is all year which I'm glad for I don't want it to be a thing all year and I don't think it will be after this but it definitely will be this week right well this is a a rare opportunity where you see uh, them all playing together and competing Um, and, and it we don't know where the state of their games are right now. And this gives you some instance, right? This is ultimately the purpose. It's what the live fights are about, right? It's what the court cases are about. These guys want to be able to play in the majors. They want to get official world golf rankings to be able to play in the masters. You could argue that, you know, the official world golf rankings battle is only about the masters. Uh, You could really make that argument. I mean, in in what, in what way? Well, PGA Championship doesn't have an official World Golf Ranking criteria. They have a, a PGA points list, so PGA is out. Um, the there, there's no more World Golf Championships, so those events are all out. Mm-hmm. Um, the U.S. Open and Opens, it's nice to get exemptions, but those are ultimately open, uh, and in theory, you could go qualify for them. I'm sure those are a part of the story too. But the only one that the only avenue to get in, if you're someone on live, is official world golf rankings. That's the it's the centerpiece of their battle for OWGR points, in my opinion. I'm I'm really interested, Greg. This is maybe too deep in the weeds. I'm I'm extremely interested in Fred Ridley's thoughts on the OWGR when he speaks on on Wednesday and. Um, I, I'm interested. I, I'm actually interested. I mean, the, 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 the chairman's press conference is always interesting because Augusta national has so much power and because again, it's, it's state of the union type stuff, but man, there's a lot of stuff this year. That's going to be really fascinating from Ridley and it's the extension of 13. It's the ball it's live. It's the OWGR. I mean, there's just so much there, by the way, you guys will appreciate this. We had our family master's draft on Thursday and my wife doesn't follow. She clearly doesn't listen to us or read anything I write, but she, <laughs> uh, she, she was like writing for live to get OWGR points. She was like, they won't, they won't give them points. And I was like, you don't, you are speaking about things that you don't understand, which went well, you know, as, yeah, as, sure it did. as it does with a spouse. And she was like, she was like, you're, you're wrong about this. I was like, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about. And so we're all of a sudden arguing in front of the kids about something that she doesn't know anything about. And I am very passionate about, and the kids are like, can we just do the draft? And I was like, how did I end up in this place in my life? I saw that she drafted five live golfers. It was, she is a troll. That's like a, that's like a sleeper cell. She's like, she's an undercover agent. It's disgusting. It, it, it's 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 too much. I've got my my uh, nine storylines here, Rick. Do you want to roll through them? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously, I'll just hit them. Just boom, boom, boom. Uh, Top Chef two, Scotty back to back. 
Top Chef. Oh, Chef SH. I got it. Good. Mm. Nice. Well done. Did John Ron peak too early? No. Little DJ in 2017 in there when he won three times and then, well, he didn't even play the Masters, but um, Rory's best chance? Question mark? No, but a good, very good one. It's up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, live golf contention. Mm. Take it how you will. Big one. Uh, the he kind of needs one group. This Ooh. is like Patrick Cantlay. Cantlay, Homa, Xander, Zalatoris, Hovland, Burns, Finau. I do, I do like, I do like this. This, this is a good storyline. Yeah, uh, Spieth getting his fifth green jacket. <laughs> allegedly <laughs> and then t- i don't have tiger till seven i didn't i didn't really do these in order but that was kind of where he he fell in there uh who's hot and does it matter it kind of does history I, I mean, says it does yeah if you look at the, my favorite stat going into this year nine of the last 11 masters winners were at 1.7 strokes gain t to green in like the starting january one leading into the masters and the guys that qualify, Scheffler, Rory, Cantlay, Morikawa, who I think is a sleeper this week, Cam Young, also kind of a sleeper, Rom, and Jason Day. Jason Day might be too much of a sleeper. Yes, he's so much of a sleeper that he's now the chalk. Yes. Yeah, uh, really, then, it become the chalk. And then uh, just number 13, how it affects the tournament. I, I don't – I'm, I'm very curious to see, like, how it – like, what – how it changes sort of the tenor of the of the golf tournament. There's a lot of good ones in there. Um, let's do the well, two things. Okay, we'll do. Let's do the guys who who kind of need one. Now yeah. this this was this was Rom. Rom won his twentieth. Didn't win until his twentieth major. So that's kind mm-hmm. of been our benchmark recently. Of like, do we panic if you don't have one in your first twenty? I don't. Cantlay's got to be close to that. I think Cantlay's at 20, yeah, 22, 23, something like that. That feels like the biggest – Cantlay and Xander are the are the biggest two, I think, that need it. I yeah. think that's true. Um, and, and I think even with Cant- – Xander has contended in so many. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm much more um, willing to give him a break. I, I don't think that the – one of our favorite words, pressure, is pressure. something that always gets to him. Right. I don't think I know that Xander can handle big events and I believe he can win them. I think that he's just kind of at that place in the process. But Cantlay, I mean, I just wonder if if he can handle it. And I think he's got to prove that to himself. There are so many early, uh, early tournament mishaps from him in big events, letdowns um, that is. And I say big events, I mean majors and the players. Yeah. Because he, he, every single time, looks like such a clear-cut favorite. And he has been under-delivering for his, for his career so far. So I, I would put him number one on that list. This will be, so his, here's, this will be his 24th, KP, and Z- here's, be Xander's 23rd. Yeah, here's what I said about those guys. I said Cantlay hasn't contended at enough majors. Max Homa hasn't contended at any majors. Xander Shoffley has contended at too many majors not to have at least one win. So they, they sort of have uh, – I mean, this is what Greg was saying. They sort of have opposite problems. I, I don't think I throw 
I did. I mean, I did for the sake of the article, but I don't think I actually throw Zalatoris, Hovland, and Burns in there just because the, they don't they they don't have the number of appearances and starts that those other guys do. I do throw. I, I think Finau belongs in the can't lay. Xander. Oh. I guess Max hasn't played that much either. I, I, I was going to say, I don't think Max should be part of the conversation. This is going to be his 14th and his trajectory is like, he's only been this type of golfer that we look at in this way for such a short period of time. Yeah. yeah. The Finau, Finau might be the biggest culprit of this, right? I mean, it just, just because of all of the lack of winning, which he's kind of remedied recently, but where's the major championship stuff? Yeah. And and where's the like contention, right? It, it's it's Shinnecock and eighteen. It's kind of it. I mean, I, uh, Masters in twenty nineteen when Tiger won. I guess he he was in that. But, but everybody it, was like in that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Poulter was in that. Like, yeah. I don't, you know. Um, yeah. That so yeah, I, I think Fino is. I, I think and and the thing about this is it's not like I don't think what I'm saying is. Oh, dude, you you suck! Like you got to win. What what I'm what I'm really saying is, your career needs to be has been so good that it needs to be represented by the fact that you won a major championship, right? I mean, it's a little bit. I don't think Finau's as good as Adam Scott was, but if Adam Scott didn't have a major, like think about if that putt doesn't go in on ten and Angel Cabrera has two Masters instead of instead of Adam Scott having one, you would look at Adam Scott's career and be like, man, that that. Like how good he was is not, or the number of majors he has is not emblematic of how good he was, and that's a little bit how I'm. It's not as much how I feel about Finau, but that's a little bit of I think what we're all getting at with the Finau can't lay Xander stuff. Well, you're you're not putting. I, I'm I'm just saying this guy's name because we th- we talked about him earlier, but you know Robert Streb isn't in this conversation, <laughs> right? Because no. he, he he hasn't his career and majors don't really connect. That's not how Robert Stred is judged, um, but Tony Finau certainly is. Right, he's a world class player. It's, uh, it's the difference. It's the difference between like Sergio Garcia and Colin Montgomery. They're both tremendous golfers, but Sergio's career ref- or his major uh, collection of one reflects that greatness. And Mon- and Colin Montgomery's, even though he was just as good or if not better, it doesn't reflect that, which is unfortunate. Right. And, it's, and, an, it's a gift and a curse to be in this conversation. Yes. But I, I got to, for me, when I look at these guys, the Tony Finau's who have lacked contention, Patrick Cantlay, I mean, you could argue he's contended in what one? I th- he is yeah, a, nine, what, a 19, 2019. Masters, right? Yeah. He yeah. led he, with like four holes. Uh, right. That's sort of like the only time he's contended. And I want to see these guys go mix it up. Like I don't look at Will Zalatoris and say there's a major problem. He'd say he's a major great because he's in there in the mix with a chance to win constantly. Um, and I feel the same way about Xander. But for those guys, it's they've put themselves in position and the chips haven't fallen their way yet. For Cantlay and for Finau, you wonder a little bit more, is there is there a problem going on here, right? Is there, is this an issue? Is it too much for them? What, what's going on? Why haven't they at least contended, let alone one? There's the can't. Yeah. The can't thing makes no sense. Go ahead, Rick. There's subplot of live golf. There's sub subplot of 
major champions in live golf. And then there's sub sub subplot of Brooks Kepka mm. winning live golf Orlando this week. And I've already seen a little bit on Twitter. People starting to froth. Oh, Brooksy wins before a mate the week before a major championship. What does this do? Like, what does this do for his chances this week? Anything? Are we excited? Are we not? Is this like it, this is this is a better storyline than if um, Kevin Na would have won Live Golf World? <laughs> Just a drive by on Kevin Na. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I think it's uh, it's not nothing. You know, because I think that I I want to see Brooks play well at the Masters. I think it would be. I mean, think about after their uh, full swing episode with him and and Scotty. What if they? What if they're in the final pairing on Sunday? Dude, if they are, then we should start. Like, then I'd be convinced Netflix sold their soul to whatever <laughs> deity or whatever. Like, I just. <laughs> Because they'd be getting unbelievable. Like, how do it, I? I was gonna say, how yeah. do I invest in Netflix stock? But I guess I could actually just invest. In you Netflix. literally can do that, Rick. <laughs> uh, it, the the Kepka thing. I mean, he was he's missed the last two cuts at the Masters. There's some injury stuff in there. Obviously, he was bad at the majors last year. No top fifties in four starts, and so I, I just I don't know what how to value the live. Uh, not not even wins, but just any of it. You know, it, it, I, I don't completely write off like, oh, Cam Smith hasn't played any good competition in six months. But also, like, I don't know what to do with it. You know, like, I don't know what to do with, with Cam Smith, like, kind of playing okay on live, but not amazingly. I don't know what to do with a Kepka win. There's just, I don't, I don't know how to categorize that stuff the way I do with the PGA Tour stuff. Here are the rest of the notables, Greg. So Kepka wins. Patrick Reed finished fourth or third? I thought he finished third. Maybe it was fourth. DJ seventh. Bryson 17th. Cam Smith 29th. Phil 41st. Those are kind of the notables that we were tracking this week. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with Kyle. It's so hard to look at and say... You know, look, in one way, he Kepka went out and shot a bunch of really good rounds of golf. That's a good sign. Um, is it different than playing on, you know, playing a, a, a big money game with your friends at your home course who are also tour players? You know, um, is it what? what's the difference between that? How does it compare to that and a PGA Tour event or that and a Hero World Challenge or that and a match play event? Like all these, these are really, really difficult to, um, to assign a, a value to accurately. Um, so I, I just, I find it really challenging. Now I think, I do think it's a good sign. I don't think you go out there and play golf like that and without having your game at yep. all, right? You, you're, you're able to hit the ball where you're looking, you're able to hold some putts is, is the um, where they play Orange County National or something like that? Yeah. Is that a, a litmus test that prepares you for Augusta National? Is the entire schedule that they've played? You've talked about this a lot, Kyle. Is that entire schedule that they've played the recipe to get in someone's game really sharp, primed and ready for a major? Are they more rested 
is uh, is Brooks Kepka in a better place? Is he healthier because of the new schedule? These are, I mean, un, unknowns to me. They are mm-hmm. absolutely unknowns. The one thing I do know is that he feels a lot better about his game today than he did during the Netflix documentary. Right, I know that for sure. He's got to be feeling pretty confident. Did he did he talk after uh, after the win? Did he say anything about the Masters? I I didn't see anything. I would have to look. I don't know. Um, I'm sure he did. I didn't hear it. I don't even see any like articles or anything on. I don't think they've posted their third round recap yet. I don't know. I can't find it. So I'm not sure. Also, we almost got a we almost got a Kepka sandwich. Brooks finishing first. Chase finished second to last, not last. We almost had a Kepka on both ends of the leaderboard. <laughs> that would have been sick. <laughs> that would have been pretty impressive, actually. So who's go who's going into the Masters having won their last stroke play event? Kepka, Scheffler. Oh, stroke play event. Yeah. Scheffler. And Connors. Is that it? There's gotta be one more. It's probably it. There's gotta be one more. It's gotta be a sneaky one somewhere. You have the players though. I mean, what could it be a is there a European tour player? Yeah, I'm gonna find somebody. Um here we go. Click on this. Taylor Taylor Moore. He's played since Valspar. Let's see. I got I got him. <laughs> we got him. I no. got him too. I got him too. Yeah, t- it's Taylor Moore, right? No, he played the. Oh, did he not play this week? He didn't. No, I don't. No, he didn't play. Okay, so those four. Yeah, those four. Interesting. Um. Okay. What else? What do you guys think of number 13? What what do you think the effect will be? What is it officially? 30 yards? 45. Oh, my God. 45. Yep. Right? Or 35? Uh, It's 545, so it's 35 yards. It went from 510, yeah. 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 35 yards. It's like it's it's. Did you see the picture? Do we have the picture? Okay. Where it's like coming out of the chute there and – uh, I don't know. What do you think, Greg? You're like our resident. What is this going to do, guy? I I think it simplifies the tee shot. I think you're going to see guys hitting driver. Uh, they're going to hit it straight out. I don't think you're going to see as much. At JT, just I think this makes the hole so much better for JT. I just I literally just wrote that. Oh yeah, you're right on the money with that. Because he's not going to, like, in a way, it takes out some of the threat of going through the fairway. You, not entirely. And if you miss right, you can still find, um, find pine straw over there. But it, it, free, it frees you up a little bit to me. You don't have to sling it around the corner. You almost have to hit it too far. Is my, it's based on what I'm hearing from the players. The players are saying a lot more drivers kind of hit it straight out and let the contours take the the shape so i think you're going to see a little less variance off the tee in that sense but the second shot should become way more dramatic 
um, with 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 longer clubs off of that side slope. I, I think it's way more dramatic. He, it is. Here's the problem, though, Craig. Is is I was looking at JT's numbers, and I think theoretically it helps JT. I don't know if it actually helps JT because his long iron play has been not very good this year. Yeah. I, right. I, and so, yeah, like, I, I think I could, I think it helps the idea of JT. I don't know if it like literally helps JT. Um, I do wonder if it brings more of the ZJ. Pl- By the way, Spieth's going to hit like a hundred of these trees over the course of his career. It's going to be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he hits trees off the tee that aren't even really in play. Yes. Yeah. These are so in play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're if you're if you're listening, we're we've we've got a, a screenshot of the or a picture of the 13th tee box it, on. It's YouTube. insane. It's not even wider than like the actual tee box. It it makes it makes 18 the shoot on 18 look kind of wide. Right. And it, it and, it and it's not. And speed has hit the trees on 18 before. <laughs> I mean, in with the Masters on the line. Yes. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, I'm I'm interested to see if guys, if, if there are guys in the field that bring the even like a Scheffler that bring the ZJ thing into play, where they just start, where they're like, hey, from seventy-two yards, I'm gonna get up and down sixty percent of the time, so I'm gonna not bring the creek into play trying to i mean it might hurt jt with the way that we've been talking about him greg of like oh i can hit this shot i can hit this shot but yes yeah, sh- but should you right and uh, I think- if jt laid up all four days he he would make a lot of birdies well that's what i'm saying is like i i i i wonder if that's the play for some like not not it is the play for like kevin kisner but i'm saying like the 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 roms and the shufflers and the jts is that could that be a play for them on depending on like how the wind is hitting, you know, like hitting you off the tee. So I think it makes, here's a, and this is what Greg was saying. It makes the tournament more interesting. I don't know what, how, who it's going to affect, how it's going to affect them. I think it makes the golf tournament more interesting, which I think is a good thing for the masters. I think we will put a pin in it there because obviously we are going to talk a lot about the masters next week and we are going to deep dive every possible piece of minutia along the way. But is there anything else that we cannot end this Sunday night without talking about? Uh, Rose Zhang. Dude. Okay. So we, uh, we kind of covered it a bit last night and I'm happy to have you here KP to talk through this because it, it, it was it was tough to watch. She pulled it. She pulled it off. She got it done in a playoff against Jenny Jenny Bay. But my goodness, uh, it wasn't the easiest thing. It was not the uh, rolling victory that we were kind of expecting. No, I thought it was going to be like Tiger in '97, and it was. It was not. It was. I'm trying to think of a of a somebody that stumbled home and then won in a playoff. One of y'all can probably think of one off the top of your head, but. Um, I mean, I'm tr- the shot that Jenny Tiger in 05 bogeyed 17 and 18. Yeah. Great call. Uh, the shot that Jenny Bay hit on 17 was absolutely disgusting to like four inches. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of what happened. Zhang's decision on 15, obviously in retrospect, not great. Uh, she just, 
I don't know. I, I, it's interesting because she was so good the first two days. We talked about it, Rick. She gained 8.75 strokes, seven strokes. I mean, this is on like the best players in the world, essentially, in her world. And then she just gets to Augusta, and it, it almost made me feel like there was that. I mean, it gets over talked about, but just this sort of like aura. Like, the, I think Rory's gone through this of just like it's in it, it just there's stuff in his head, and it's just there's something about being there. And especially when you go from Champions Retreat to Augusta, you're like, well, this is completely different. Like, it's very, you know, it's very strange and it's just like kind of odd. And that had to like kind of be, especially having a big lead, that had to be in her head a little bit. You go, the champions retreat aspect is so fascinating about that tournament. Um, because you think about well, Rory in 2011 builds a big lead playing all the same holes, right? Yeah. He, he's handled Augusta National for three and a half days uh, so well. And that's why it looks like such a sure thing. But you handle champions retreat so well for two days and then you go to augusta national place you've never broken 74 i think was her um her best ever that's a completely new element to the challenge um and so i i'm not maybe the golf course just doesn't fit her eye Uh, that there's a very real possibility of that um it's kind of the last thing for her amateur you know the last box to check for in in a way so there was a lot on the line and it was, it, it was kind of agonizing to watch, as we talked about last night, Rick. It was it, just because it, you could see what was happening, and you couldn't believe it. This five-shot lead is just slowly just getting, just bleeding away. But then very, normal, very normal sports stuff, by the way, to play the first two-thirds of a sporting event at one arena and in the last third i mean imagine taking the women's final four to a different arena for the fourth quarter <laughs> so sick that's a I, different size I, <laughs> yeah that's the rick cords a different size yeah it's so good i will say uh i miss daniel berger by the way we're not gonna have daniel Ber- like da- okay hi- closest without going over number of days since daniel berger last played golf oh i have it Number of days. Number of days since Daniel Berger last played golf. I'll say th- uh, 290. Kyle went with 290. I was going to go with 221. Greg is going to go with 221. While Kyle was closer, he did go over 287. Mm. Good guess. Oh, gosh. Wow, that was great. Give it to me, Greg. Yeah, June, you, that, that's a win. <laughs> June 19th, the U.S. Open. Uh, he was okay. ranked – after he missed the cut at the U.S. Open, he was the 25th-ranked player in the world. He is now number 97, and he is posting um, what seemed to be some very delicate swings on Instagram. I think it's the back that he's just – I mean, it's a shame because, I mean, you go from the 25th-ranked player in the world to having nine months where you can't play, and I don't know when he's coming back in, if he, or if he's coming back anytime soon. Uh, it's scary. That's scary it's, stuff. It's and it's weird. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. Um, yeah, it's and it's almost like he's in some ways he gets lumped in with some of the live guys in terms of you just forget about him. It's a very different situation, obviously, but that's sort of how I felt about. I feel the same way about him as I do about like a Matthew Wolf. I'm like, yeah, I just don't really like think about him anymore. Which stinks. It was rumored 
right? Berger was rumored because of this. Well, I think because, well, I think there was a lot of speculation because there was thoughts that Brooks took the money because his, he was injured. And if you're going to be, I mean, Hudson Swafford's out for the year too with injury and he took the money. Like if you're going to be an injured golfer, take your live money is what you should do. And he's close with the, you know, with DJ and the Jupe life guys and think about all the, think about the boat that you could have with live money. Like it, it kind of made sense, but haven't seen it. Who's the most likely to live guy to wear their, their fireballs gear at Augusta national. Well, that narrows it down to four. Well, not fireballs, <laughs> but any of it. Um, Patrick. Yeah. For I was, sure. was going to say too. Second, sure. secondly, Sergio. I think it kind of is. I kind of feel that too, which I, I don't know. Like, I think he values being a, a passion, like a winner yeah. and, and that might work against it, but I think he kind of enjoys being just like the, the, you know, just like the oh, antagonist, the bull oh. in the China shop. It'll be a classy, like whole wear, like a pullover and then like a blacked out fireballs logo or something like, like that. Phil with the master, it'd be like the reverse of what Phil did at the first live event. Yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be like a a subtle thing, but I think he'll wear it. I'm bummed that Phil's not they they didn't roll him out for a presser. Yeah, no live guys on the press schedule, right? Cam. Cam. Oh, what day is yeah. that? Uh, tomorrow, Monday afternoon. When are you going? Uh, tomorrow, Monday after. Like same, I'll be in the air when he's speaking. Boots on the ground. You love to see it. You do. I'm very excited. Can't wait. It's always a great week. Feel great about my family draft. Do you, you practice shouldn't. your stance, by the way? Yeah. I was, I was actually coaching baseball today. I was coaching third, my son's team. And I was thinking, like, the way I'm standing right now is very much how I'm going to stand at the, at the Masters. <laughs> uh, I mentioned this maybe last night or the night before, but it will be a big week for us. Obviously we're, we're going to have the DFS preview on Monday, the mega preview pot on Tuesday, round by round recaps, but we are also going to be live on HQ. Our, po our podcast, this podcast, they are simulcasting here on the golf on CBS YouTube channel on the big CBS sports YouTube channel and on CBS sports HQ. Do they know, do they know what they're doing? Uh, Can you imagine? questionable yeah it's gonna be a great week what's gonna uh, happen when jordan spieth is the first round one leader and they let us have just free reign on cbs sports hq i'm gonna be on like a blob in the pond at at the par three uh course just <laughs> just bouncing up and down that would just it'll be completely crazy somebody in the chat asked what's if i was an impressor with phil what's the one question i would or i i, I think any of us can answer this um, I would say, Phil, you tweeted at me the other day that you took a billion dollar idea to Commissioner Monahan and the PGA Tour. And I would like for you to just like expound on that. Like, tell me more about like what that idea was and how they discarded it and why you felt miffed uh, enough to go start a new league. I mean, you literally tweeted that at me. I at me specifically. Yeah, I saw that. I um, I would like to hear his answer to that. What would you ask him, Rick? I don't think what I'm he's at, I don't think I'm at the point of asking questions, impressors. <laughs> I don't like that. I like to listen. I don't like to ask. You got you have great questions though. 
Yeah, I don't like the I don't like the presser. I don't like that. I don't like that. You don't I like said, the format? I just don't like I just I think that the real journalist should ask questions, not the guy who like fires off data tweets. Yeah, I think but I think there's like also you could legit ask him like a some data thing about yeah. 13 and it would be fascinating. And I think that's like I think we were talking about this the other day in one of my group chats. Like the big, like the suckiest part of this whole live thing, one of the suckiest parts is that we don't get one of the great golfers of all time, one of the genius golfers of all time, talking about stuff like 13 and the ball rollback and like in a very serious way. I I would love to hear Phil on all that stuff. And we just don't, it just doesn't really happen anymore. And, and he would, he's uh, thoughtful on all that. Yeah. Whether you agree with him or not, right? He puts he put um always put a lot of thought and um genuineness into those answers. And at this point in your career, you know, those words from Tiger Woods are in a lot of ways more valuable than what he talks about with his own game. Yep. And you know, Phil would kind of be at that stage. So I agree with you on that, Kyle. Hmm. I had one more thing, but I can't remember what it was. So Unless you gents have anything else. Do you know your pick already? Yeah. I do I'm, too. I'm pretty honed in on a guy. I'm, lo- I'm locked and loaded. I mean, I'm not I, like, I don't, I don't think it's fun. We're talking about like, is it fun? Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I think this is like the most fun pick ever, but I'm pretty sure he's going to do it or he's got a really so we good have, chance. So we have the same pick. <laughs> I think I think there are two, two. So I I, I honed in on two guys, uh, and then I've I've settled on one. But I think there's only like eight who can actually win. Yeah, for like, yeah, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna find a, a seventy-five to one. Like it's not gonna be that guy. No, it's gonna be a big boy. Yeah, like you gonna go beat Shuffler this week. Exactly. Robert is Robert Streb going to beat Scheffler? He's probably not because he's not in the tournament. But is is uh, I just it, it and maybe we do this every time when it actually does happen. But is it a Danny Willett week? Uh, I mean, I just it's it's so hard to the, imagine. The Danny Willett week was barely a Danny Willett week, right? It should yeah. have been a Danny Willett week. The Masters, the Masters does disproportionately create this though. The Schwartzel, the Willett. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. The tiger, the tiger thing was weird. He didn't play. He didn't even like play that well, you know. And so I think, I think more than other places, it does have a way of kind of melting the leaders uh, in in ways that you don't get at a at a even like an Oakmont or a Shinnecock. Mm. Do you know your pick, Greg? Great. No, I don't intentionally, but I'm gonna really start looking into it. I'm I'm going in to all it's a good my time to do tomorrow. so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go into all my prep work tomorrow as an open book. Oh. You know what? I I meant to I had a a very uh a much appreciated follower who sent me the masters like like the big like tournament guide, like what they're going to sell on site like the 100 page whatever, sent me that like 2 weeks ago and it's got all this great stuff about all the whole, I was like I was in heaven just sitting there reading that the other night. I don't know what it's called, tournament guide or whatever. It's beautiful. Yeah. Fantastic. 
He also sent be... me the Super Bowl one where the Chiefs beat the Eagles, and I think that was a troll, but mm. I appreciated the Masters one as well. He made up for it. Yeah, exactly. Big week on tap. Please support it, right? So when we're on CBS Sports HQ, uh, like, I don't know, tweet at them, be like, oh, this is amazing. I love golf stuff on CBS Sports HQ, first cut pod, yada, yada, yada. All that fun stuff because then they'll let us do it more frequently. And... I think that'll do it. Producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the Real GFD. Kyle Porter will be Augusta bound shortly at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.